With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Everton Club Call, Wednesday the 24th of Jan. It's gone a bit cold in here. It's been all right today and now, just the last 10 minutes, I feel like the temperature's dropped. Especially watching you trying to pin an Andre Kanchelska shirt up, which was... It should have been a short for YouTube alone. It would have done three million views. The thing uh, is, Ped dropped it as well. No, but it's actually not. You've done better. it. You've done it in like a weird shape, though, as well. I don't. In fact, I don't even know how you created the shape you did for just hanging the a shirt. Context up. of the viewers, it was like half an inch difference of what it. No, is it now. wasn't. It was like it was a weird shape. But I was trying to get the name on show because at the moment it's just, just Nachelski, which you know. If you look at it, you can only, you can't see. The I can K, see the K, K from here, Kanchelskis from here. Well, it's on it's on the side, Dom. Yeah, yeah. So I think for the for the viewers' perspective, I just had to turn round so you know the kit, which is a very nice kit, was on show. Mm, but we're and going that, alternate, aren't we? I mean, well, I, I tried. Don't know yeah. this one, but hey, it's all good. It's all good, Jack. It's all good. She, yeah, really. That should have been there. And that maybe should have been in the middle. If we're doing a bit of symmetry, but it's fine. Um. Story that, <coughs> excuse me, Fabrizio Romano has uh, has put out is that Genoa are interested in Everton centre back Ben Godfrey. Um, discussions are ongoing apparently over either a loan or a permanent sale. He's got eighteen months left. Obviously, they've just sold Dragerson, is it, to Tottenham for twenty two million pounds or something. Ben Godfrey, 26 now. Out of favour at Everton. Fourth choice, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, look, he's been linked with clubs a lot over the last few weeks and months. It's quite clear that he's not favoured at Everton. I think people can see there's a player there when you look at his early performances at left-back. He is, you know, an athletic presence, but through injuries, through his own form, and then through having his development stunted by, you know, being played in different positions, being played under different managers, coming in and out of favour. He not really developed into the centre-back mm. Everton hoped he would get him, and he bought him as a young lad from Norwich. It, it, there's an asset there. He's probably Everton's only real sellable asset that isn't important to the team. Mm. As I say, he is fourth-choice centre-back. Michael Keane's obviously preferred to him by Dice. Dice obviously knows Keane from his time at Burnley. Played him when he came in last year. So he's a player I think most Evertonians be willing to let go of. It means there'll be room for you know a couple of loans coming in to mm. bolster the squad, give us some much-needed depth. The interesting part of the story is Genoa, isn't it? And mm. uh, them being owned by the 777 group who were 
looking to buy Everton and you know, I've been trying to buy Everton for the last few months and are now just in the final stages, which has seemed to be the sticking point for a few weeks now in regards to being given the go-ahead by the Premier League for the financial side of things. Um, player trading from clubs owned by the same owner has been a bit of a topic of conversation this week with Almiron about to make a move to Saudi Arabia. Obviously, as we know, um, a lot of the clubs in the Saudi division are owned by Newcastle's owners. There's, um, I think, in technical terms, they aren't. Mm-hmm. But in real terms, they are because they are owned by the Saudi PIF, which is their investment funds for sports, mm-hmm. which is also what owns Newcastle. So it's always a bit of a controversial one when a player moves from one club to another, which is owned by the same owners, especially, you know, clubs like Newcastle who want to bring in money so they can spend because of PSR, because of Everton who have well-documented PSR issues. It always looks like quite a convenient way out and therefore deals come under more scrutiny because people will naturally think, well, hold on, would that club have bought that player for that amount of money had they not been owned by the same fella? And I do think it's a fair question. You know, on, on Monday we spoke about Newcastle and yeah. Almiron and should it really be allowed? My take on it then was it should be allowed as long as there's a way to do this that means two separate people from the two separate clubs are negotiating this transfer together. It's not being negotiated. Uh, the owner is putting his Everton hat on and he's saying, oh, well, do we want 50 million for Ben Godfrey? And then he puts his Genoa hat on and goes, oh, well, how about we give you 60? Be interesting to watch, though, wouldn't it? No, well, if he's just putting it on and moving to the other side of the desk. Well, I did reenactment on that on Monday. Wanna just have a cap on, surely? Yeah, yeah, he does have a cap, and then do you know a cap? He loves his caps, Mm -hmm. but um, that's the problem. Yeah, Yeah, I think these transfers should be allowed. I just think it needs to be done by separate people from the separate clubs, and if there is a way for the fee to be looked at and scrutinised properly, Mm -hmm. so you know Everton can't go. Oh yeah, um, fifty million for Ben Godfrey, please, and get inflated, inflated, unrealistic sum that he would never have gotten from mm. another club. How much do you think like... he's worth realistically? He's eighteen months left on his current deal. I think in the region of ten million is a fair sum. That's a sum I've mentioned on the channel before. Mm. The Genoa news known by seven seven seven. That's not something I've plucked out to try and justify us getting big mm. money for him. That's a figure that was linked to them when Tottenham were linked. A few weeks ago, obviously they won't be coming in now. I've no. not brought Dragons in, but mm. it was you know in the region at ten million. When you look at what Everton spent on him, his age for a centre back, he's still got you know a, a good amount of time left. He'll be playing football for the, another ten or so years, mm. won't he? Give or take some, and someone who's shown promise in his career, but not massively materialised for him in the last few seasons. I think something around 10 million is a fair price. And I think if we wanted to sell Godfrey for 10 million to Genoa, I think that'd be fair because I don't think it's unrealistic to suggest Everton could get a similar fee from another club this window if they did look to sell him. I mean, other people would say that 10 million is too low. for a, He's an international centre-back. I use that very loosely. Played twice for England, doesn't he? Um, he's at a good age. Yes, he's fallen away at Everton, but he's still got something to offer. And when you look at the look at how much you quoted when you go for championship players nowadays, fifteen millions. You know, Jocheres is having he's having a great season in Sporting, but twenty five million Everton were quoted for him. Uh, other players, when you look 
around the championship. It's always 10, 15 million. And I, I, she had to say about 12 or 13 million for Godfrey. That's that. I'd think that'd be probably a fair, fair amount of money given his age as well. Yeah, you've just got a factor Everton situation and, and, you know, it's well documented. Clubs notice that Everton could do with some money and for an out-of-favour player as well. I think teams would probably try and lowball us. I think, to be honest, teams might bad if in. a club from Triple Seven are lowballing themselves, though, wouldn't it, if they're trying to yeah. take over? But, That'd be, you know, that would be the ultimate Everton, wouldn't it? But what I'm saying is when it comes, if we are selling them to a Triple Seven club... Mm. You want it to be on a realistic transfer fee. So it's got to be 12 and a half million, Jack. 12.5 million, I'll take it. Yeah, but you not take 10. For a, for I'd a want just player. a little bit more, though. I feel like when you're looking at assets, I feel like he should be just a little bit more than that. That's how it Could we go and get a Premier League centre back for 10 million pounds, 26 year old? A fourth choice at a team who I know we aren't 17th on merit, mm. but overall we are 17th. Do you think we would, though? We'd get one for 10. It depends on the player, their contract, and that club's financial situation. Though, if mm-hmm. it was someone at a club who you know desperately need money, uh, having to borrow money every month to pay the bills, that's and bad though, isn't it? Because that's basically just scavenger hunting, and I know it goes on, but I don't. I still think you should retain. He should retain a little bit of his value. Listen, Everton might be happy with like ten and a half million. They might go, you know what? We've had him for what will it be? Three and a half years. He's done all right at times. I'm ready for him to move on and help him in his career and help us with the money. So, yeah, you, you know, you might be right. Maybe, maybe it's more reasonable to say 10.5 million, you, you know, and his wages are gone. Maybe that's a maybe fair Maybe that's thing. the middle ground. You reach off Everton and say in 12 mm. and the clubs who want to buy him. 11, not would be, 11 would be the middle ground, surely. Yeah, does, middle ground doesn't have to be bang in the middle. Well, you called it the middle the ground. You didn't call it the slightly off-centre ground, did you? Okay, I called it the slight middle ground. Okay, the slight so middle if, ground. So you know, clubs who want to buy him probably, you yeah. know, are not included because I imagine we could ask them for mm. whatever we want. Well, I mean, to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Right, possibly, possibly, because your, your team's interested as well. What? The the team you love saying the name wrong for is um they want them as well, don't yeah. they? Milan. Oh, AC Milan. If you hear anyone screaming and shouting in the background, <laughs> it'd be better the fact that said AC. I feel like it doesn't really Go on, matter. What, what's he called? Genoa. Genoa. Do you know who? And Calvert Lumen. No, I think I think yeah, I think upwards of ten point five. I think I'd go. You know what? Probably yeah, I can see that. And then, like you say, four choice. But you still need, you still need players, don't we? But if but you're gonna get some move money, that facilitates just getting a couple of loans, two in loans me, in the door, and quite possibly mate. a utility player who covers a couple of positions, just mm-hmm. so we're not as bare bones as. Are you a bit worried that where we are right now? The financial position of Everton obviously isn't very good. But we keep cutting and cutting and cutting, don't we? It's like soon we aren't going to have anything left to cut, are we? No, we aren't. But it's a hope that 
if we cut in the short term, we can reinvest that money just to get us to a point where we do make a bit more money and need mm. to cut less. That's the strategy, isn't it? And Gotta no, be, it, it's, it? it's not sustainable and it's not ideal, yeah. but it's really our only choice at the moment. If we want to bring anyone mm. in this window, I think the reality is Ben Godfrey or someone else yeah. has to go, someone we can get a transfer fee for. And look, whether we get 10, 11, 12 million, yeah. we're not going to buy 12 million worth of players. Well, what it might do is it frees up two million, which pays two loan fees. Yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it, and, and, and that's know, I'm wages. sure that's what Kevin Felwell's looking at. I'm sure he's looking and thinking, can we get money in for this player who? And isn't then that's playing? just eight million to the bank and eight million to PSR, and you know, just to show we've brought something in. It just it lessens the beards and very slightly, but. It's the only way we can lessen the burden through player sales at the moment without significantly weakening the team because you look at the only other real sellable assets in this team is Onana, Bramthwaite. It Pickford is good enough to be a sellable asset, but I think any of the teams no who could afford them mm. don't want them, so they don't yeah. need them. That's what I mean, not no one wants them. I mean, those teams who are... who he will be looking for have all got goalkeepers that are settled, haven't they? And... So... If you look at other players who could command interest, you're looking at players who are actually important to the team that we would genuinely miss and wouldn't be able to replace their no. quality with a couple of loans. A, a player who's made one start this year mm, okay, yeah. is wouldn't be missed mm. as much as those players. Not half as much, but the money we can bring in can potentially secure us a couple it's of players. Just where we are, isn't it? More. It's just and where no, we are, it, It's not ideal in the slightest, but what other move do we have? Mm. It's not a case of, I know that we don't need to sell because we don't really need to buy. And um, about we can sell them because we've got squad depth. It is literally just he's not a viable sell a player and gamble. For Sean Dykes, though, is he? No, he's he not. Doesn't play he's not him, does he? he wants from a sense back. I don't think he's mm. good enough in the air for a Sean Dykes <clears> team or for really being a centre half in England in general, to mm. be honest. I think he is quite poor. In the end, his positional sense hasn't always been the best. But you do look at, you know, a physical player who's strong, who's fast, you know, has a good turn of pace going to Italy. I think in Italy, they can appreciate a physical centre half because mm. there's less over there than you get in England. Mm. And therefore, just off having a bit of physical ability, you've got an advantage not all Serie A centre backs have. Yeah. Uh, Gary Bortz is hardy. Hello, <clears throat> guys. Gareth Hughes says, couldn't get my normal tickets as it's a cup game. So I'm in lower Bullens, row R on Saturday with me lad. Fingers crossed I can see at least one of the goals. One of the many reasons we need to move ASAP. Having seats where one or both of the goals are not visible in this day and age is not great at all. Uh, Michael Wood says, hello lads, hope you're well. Just wondering if you'd settle for a points deduction now. And if so, how many? I think if we could, I would take a maximum of six. I seriously hope we don't get a transfer ban as I think they'd make it 18 to 24 month ban. If they do that, our squad will be so depleted by the end of next se- season, we'd definitely be going into the dock in the championship. Look at the plays we'd lose over the next two summers. Why would we take more points deductions? I think, he, does he mean either this year's breach or does he mean on the appeal, get it down to six? Feels like, correct me, Michael, you're saying another six points on top of what we've got. I don't even think that's on the cards. It, in terms of the... I don't think we'll be breach. deducted twice for the points. I, I don't see how it. you can. I don't see how you can. 
can't have two. You can't have two breaches in separate seasons and go, yeah, lads, you are having them both in the same season. You just can't. It's yeah. just, that's that's like cause for riots. Well, that's the real change that they've brought in the dealing with it in the season. You get charged. That's with, fine. But... That's fine. But we've got ten points from last season, so you can't. So what we do is the only fair way to do it will be next season. Then. Is after start start the season year. day one with with whatever. However, don't forget if our super silky gets uh, gets some points back anyway. If Everton get given points back because there is a there is a um, agreement that the first charge was was harsh. And then numbers do get changed, then the second charge would go away anyway. Yeah, well, it could we end up in a position where we get six points back off our appeal for our charge from last season and get another six points could to be a world it. where we get six, so, all of our points back and a £100 million compensation. Go after the Premier League. I mean, it's not. I'd like to live that in world that world. That world is called fantasy world. world. doesn't exist. But, uh, <laughs> no, but yeah. what I mean is, could we still end up with 10 points, but we get six back. Possibly. Additional six. Possibly, but... But then that could, that could be appealed on review, mm-hmm. and maybe it comes down to slightly less than 10. But no, yeah, just... the, the transfer ban's a difficult one, because I don't think a transfer ban... Say it stays at 10 points, I don't think a transfer ban's necessarily less harsh than 10 points when you look at when we're not going to spend money but I still think in the summer we'll bring five players in there won't be amazing players if we were banned though, we be that's what I'm saying so I'm saying if we get a transfer ban I still think that's as harsh as 10 points mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's going to affect us going forwards I think if this appeal gets changed to anything it has to be something that's objectively lesser than <clears throat> what we've been given mm-hmm. it can't be oh we'll give you some points back but you're getting a transfer ban as well, to me, that feels just as bad because we do need to buy players in the summer and we're going to if we don't have a transfer ban. Simply for the fact that this squad will need players when you look at loans, ends and contracts expiring and just the potential of people wanting to buy our players. Anyway, we're going to need players. Even if they're not the greatest quality, we simply need bodies. So I think a transfer ban isn't objectively less harsh than 10 points. So that can't be given to us on appeal. Otherwise, it's not an appeal. It's just a... They've just spun the wheel and gave us a new punishment. Mm, definitely. Uh, Adam says, I know we say we shouldn't let Dan Juma leave without a replacement, but do we really need a replacement when his contribution has been virtually nothing anyway? As much as we think Dobbin isn't ready, he scored the same amount of goals as him. Given our financial status, I'd let him go, as he certainly isn't justifying what I imagine would be a fairly decent wage. I get what you're saying, but he's still an option, isn't he? He's still someone who plays on the pitch sometimes mm-hmm. and you've got to think about okay we've got Dobbin as well but Dobbin has played as well you said yourself he's got a goal mm-hmm. what happens if we were in a position where we need Dobbin and Dan Juma on the pitch at once mm-hmm. but okay so Dan Juma is near okay who comes after Dobbin then it's an, it's another academy player looking at or how, Ashley Young or Ashley Young but he's injured at the moment mm-hmm. anyway isn't he so it becomes a case of yeah, you're missing another body. Get what you're saying. Is in terms of his contribution for what we've paid him covering mm. his wage and loan for you, it's not been value for money. But I still think we need another body through the door simply to ensure we have eleven players of a certain quality on the pitch when mm. it comes to actually playing on a match day. Yeah. Otherwise, you could end up looking at Dobbin and Young as your wingers, like you say, which I don't think is particularly great. Or Dobbin and another kid who's even less experienced than Dobbin. Yeah, and looking at how the under twenty ones are getting on, um, I, I know it's not ideal circumstances for them either because you know they're down to their bare bones mm-hmm. as well. But just on their form, I wouldn't trust any of them to come into the team and start performing for us. No, 
Uh, Bill says rumours of Godfrey to Genoa. To be honest, if it's eight to ten million, I'd take it and reinvest in a midfielder and a winger if possible. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you'd be hoping for because we do need, like I said, I think we need two players in absolutely, and I think they're the two positions as well. But we just have to see. SDP says I don't believe ten million is too low for Everton's fourth choice centre back. If we keep him, he's just going to end up leaving for nothing when his contract's up. Okay. Yeah, Rondon the legend and Eugene said smash the like button. Yeah. I mean, it's proper Richard Masters behaviour if you haven't smashed the like button so far. But that's up to you and your conscience. Um, SDP also says we could potentially go and sign another Branthwaite type for around a million pounds. That's what we should be doing. Yeah, that's what we need to be doing that for every position on the pitch. It's just, normally I'd, I'd never excuse the club for this, because they should have been doing this every year with multiple players, buying players for low fees and bringing them in and having proper development plans. Mm. At the moment, we're just so skint, it's just, there's no money for that either. There's not even 500 grand to put towards, oh, there's a, there's a 17-year-old lad in, in League 2 who's had like a promising youth career. Mm. I think any penny available needs to go towards getting a, a loan player in mm. at the moment. And like, it pains me to say that because I've been saying the same thing as you for years. Like, yeah, get out and get these players. It's such a low outlay. It doesn't hurt you if it mm. doesn't work. But the potential value from spending 250 to 500 grand is, is massive if you do your scouting properly and you have your development plan set up properly and there's ample opportunity to come in and, okay, you'll start with this youth team and you'll work your way up into the under 21s and okay we've got a loan with a club where you're going to go and it's going to be beneficial to you you'll play there but they're also going to teach you this side of your game mm. i think Bramfleet's development overall was quite good the blackburn loan didn't work great but it still gave him a higher level of experience than he really had before other than a handful of games in the premier league mm. And then the PSV loan was very smart because it helped turn him into a more complete centre-half where he had to be more comfortable with his feet. Mm. I've always knew he had that in him, yeah. even from a very young age when he was bought, but he just needed that experience really being tested in that regard, and I think that's really benefited him. We've shown we can do it. Mm. There's been other players where we've messed it up on. There was a thing about I think, Thierry Small, I've seen on Twitter, just talking about his career now, it's not really worked. Well, he's, and, he's about to be released from Southampton. So. But he, he is a player who fought the youth setup at Everton, wasn't good enough, and the pathway for him wasn't going to be good enough, and that's why he left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's players that we've seen that first hands with, where if their development had just been a bit more on the yeah, ball, we could have made it I work. I think Thierry Small. I'm not defending Thierry Small. No, no, he's got all on him. Oh, that's what he, I'm saying. He but, ruined his own career. It was, just, it was a pathetic... He, yeah the decision from him because he got too big for his boots because if he'd have just hung around he'd have been in Everton's first team squad anyway because of just by process of elimination oh yeah you're right yeah. I'm not I'm not saying he was right to leave but that's yeah. why he had the idea too wasn't mm-hmm. it it was it's never going to work here because you know you look at players like Lewis Gibson around that time who were very highly rated as youngsters and mm-hmm. didn't always get the smartest loan move set up for them and just stunted their development I think Gordon was a player whose development we could have done better with as well at the time. Um, I think, uh, no, I don't. I don't disagree. But sometimes it's on the player, like no, I, Lewis I'm Gibson. Not saying otherwise, but... Lewis Gibson was excellent at Fleetwood, and then he went to Reading, which was a higher division, and he he 
he couldn't for whatever reason force his way in the team then he got an injury and then that was it then they have to do it don't they they have to grab it by the, the both hands and go oh, yeah definitely. I can do it but Redden had two established first team centre mm-hmm. after the mm-hmm. famine okay if you're going to be a Premier you League footballer you, you, do, you do need to be better than them mm-hmm. but it's difficult going into a team who has two players he trusts yeah, yeah. and isn't going to give yeah. you a wealth of opportunities he, mm-hmm. he probably was good enough to play in the championship at that stage he'd done very well in League One mm-hmm. it just could have been a, a club where he had a better yeah, chance we, to play in. and I think to be honest I think we've done that better lately to be fair um, yeah, that's what I'm I saying. Mean, even Rhys Welsh, we've recalled Rhys Welsh, or he's come back, but he still played 23 games in the first half of the season for Forest Green. And on there, a basket case of a club, aren't he? So he's come back from there. Lewis Warrington got injured, so that hasn't really worked. The but play. he had a good progression in terms of his loan moves, mm-hmm. and you know, he did well in League Two, does well, gets into League One, does mm-hmm. well, and then the Championship. And oh, that's maybe a case where the player could have done a bit more mm-hmm. because he, he wasn't in their team every week. But that's what I'm saying. It's frustrating that as we have taken a step forward with how we manage our youth players and obviously managing them a lot better. We just don't have the money to even spend two hundred grand on a player who's um, a seventeen-year-old from League Two. That's the frustrating thing. Yeah, yeah, it is frustrating. Um, Nigel says, "Baz, if this triple seven takeover goes through, and we end up getting into the Europa. Would we be allowed to play in it if another one of their teams got in it as well?" It is weird that European rule, isn't it? Because they've said before that, yeah, we'd be. Higher rank, so we would play in it, but it is mad because higher rank than Sevilla. If they, they don't own Sevilla, though, do they? Oh, the, the only the share of minority yeah. owners, aren't they? It's like Man City, City Group, your owner are getting in Europe, aren't they? The top yeah. of La Liga, so they're getting in Europe this year. City are in, so what happens there? There are ways around it. We've seen the Red Bull clubs mm, play in Europe exactly at times, not that. There's ways around it. Not sure exactly how it works. They can't it. play in the same competition, though, can they? The Red Bull clubs have done oh, that yeah, before, yeah, though. Yeah, they have. But there was, Leipzig, yeah. there'll be ways around it. Maybe you mm. set up a new company that is the owner of your foot mm. of Everton, but 777 own that company mm. and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It is mad. It is mad. Um Eugene McGeever says, I think Everton will win their appeal against the Premier League this season. Cheers. King Coddle says, no disrespect, but Slagerson is levels above Godfrey. Oh, yeah, we're, I mean, we're oh, not saying that. Yeah. We're not saying that, we're just saying Genoa won him, so therefore he they could go in. They need a centre-back, so yeah. Um, Sean says, not that you need to know this, but I'm having a better bath watching the lads. So he's in the bath listening to us. I wonder what he meant by better bath then. I didn't mm, connect the yeah. dots, but no, I'm mm. glad we've made your bath better. Yeah, baths are sound if you can. I mean, I, I can't, I can't ever be asked running a bath. Like it's a shower in it because it's easy. Yeah. But if you go through that thing of running the bath, and then you get in it, it, it is nice having a soak in the bath, isn't it? See, I reckon I have a bath like once a year, and I'll mm. get one if I'm unwell. You know, once once you come into the end of like that. an illness, and it's. Um, yeah, you want to get nice some Himalayan salt in or something like that. Yeah, they have like the, just... the muscle like radox. Yeah, oh, the radox like... mu- relax your muscles, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And it, it's just in like the, uh, the sweat and the smoke and that it's good for, yeah. Mm. But um, no, I, I can appreciate a good bath. I just, it's mm. the, the effort again. Yeah. them. it's like, yeah, but it's, I'm glad, a shower and be I'm out glad Sean's minutes. enjoying it. Like, yeah, it's, it's like Sean. Mad time to have a bath, really, like 10 minutes mm. past five. But you know what, you, yeah. Sean, you've got to do you. 
You um, have got it. I mean, hey, what you do in the bath is your own business, but fair play to you. Fair play to you. Um, Going to take a call now. The Matty Boucher said, come on, people. Baz has squared the ball along the six-yard box. Tap the like button in Connor Cody style. Check out the Connor Cody interview. He's tremendous on it. We have, I'm gone. We're going to the lines now when we can put these on properly. Let's see. Let's see. We have got... Are you ready yet, Jack? Yeah, okay. yeah. Go ahead, get go them on, on, Jack. Get them on. We won't we won't go live till till you've got it on. Ned's yawning his head off behind the screen there. Come on. Stay lively. We have got Eddie. Eddie, are you there? And what do you want to say? Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, Eddie. How are you? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you. Good, good, thank you. What do you want to say, mate? So I was actually just, I just finished your interview with um, Connor Cody and I thought that was incredible. It it was, it was, I don't know. I thought he's just so honest and the way he talks is just great to see. Mm. I wish he was at the club. After watching it, I was like, I wish he was here. (laughs) Yeah. No, he come across brilliantly, didn't he? He's very honest, very open. Um, He was great. He was absolutely great, to be honest with you. We had a good, we had a good, um, a good shot, and he was brilliant. Had a good shot off camera as well. He was, he probably sat here for an hour off camera as well, chatting and, and going through stuff. But no, he was really good, mate. He was really good. Great character. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, but besides, yeah, I think you've cut out a bit, Eddie. If you can still hear us, Eddie, come on. Get yourself back to your, your your internet. Come on, son. Hello? 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 Right, stay there. Don't move, Ed. Okay. Stay there. Go on, what do you want to say? Yeah. Uh, so, I saw reports about Luis Enrique, or Luis Enric, the the winger from Real Batiste. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot his his na- like his full name. Um, Luis Enrique. Firstly, yeah, yeah. So... I understand to get it. I, I hope we get him, but I saw like reports today that now it looks super unlikely because Batiste went an actual transfer fee for him <laughs> instead of just a loan. Um, so if he's out the window, do you think who, who else is there for us to like get on the wing if Dan, Jun, Dan Juma looks set to leave? By the looks of it, yeah. I mean, the the issue for Everton is when people actually want money. <laughs> that yeah. is a big issue. Yeah. Um, whether Everton could do something where it's a a loan with an obligation or something like that, I'm not sure whether or not. But he's, you know, Everton could potentially agree a deal where they make a payment after July the first. Um, yeah. which will be in the next fantasy year, which we know that the, they'd be okay in, and obviously you can piece it together that way. I don't know. Um, if it isn't him, I don't know. It's, it's, the, it's the reality, because I just don't know what they've got to play with. That's the problem. Yeah. You could look, you could yeah. name two or three players they could go after, but if Everton really haven't got any money to play with, and I don't know if that's the case, the club have released two um, journalists they trust, I guess, that they are looking in the low market right now and they expect any deals to be done kind of late on, maybe on deadline day. 
So therefore, oh, okay. they I'm sure they've got a list of two or three mm. they think they can get in. It's it's just how those deals look, really, isn't it? And and like we've just been yes. talking about Ben Godfrey. I mean, Jack, what's your, what's your feelings on on a winger? I think maybe we could stand a chance of getting Corney from West Ham. I know he's I know he's played in recent weeks, but they've had like Bowen's been injured and Kudus has been away, and they are apparently in the market for a winger West Ham as well. So mm. you know, overall, he's not being fancied there, no. and you know, he's a player Dice likes, and he's performed very well under Dice. I think if there's a chance we could get him, there's no harm in asking the question and speaking to them and. It'd be a difficult one, but by the time Kudus is back, and if they buy a winger as well, he'll find himself very low down the pecking order again. What I mean, yeah, because Kudus is back now because uh, Ghana lost in the Afcon Cup, so he's, yeah, that he's done. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so with so his traveling and everything, he might not be available for the next game, but he'll, he'll be back in contention very soon, won't he? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. yeah. They're gone, so it's about him coming back. But it's would you want Maxwell Corney? Oh, West Ham are out the cup. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, they're back on. They don't play till midweek. Do I'd, I'd take Corney and a harpy if would we could you? get him. Yeah. I think I agree because he's he's versatile for sure because he can play on the left, like anywhere on the left. It looks like is he could mm. be an attacking wing back ish mm. sort of. Um, and I'm pretty sure he played. He can play in the middle if needed. But he's a player who's got an eye for goal and a bit of pace, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, It'd I think be at least a good option off the bench. Yeah, I think you've got to look at his former Burnley and understand. Okay, he might not hit those levels, but under Sean Dyche, he's performed very well before. You've got to bring him in with the hope that okay, he might get two goals. Mm. Which is more mm. than you. He got nine got for Burnley in uh, in their season that he was on there. Wasn't yeah. He, so. so you go okay, half a season at Everton. Can he get two, three goals and just show some of that form that he's showing at Burnley? Just come in and those two, three goals could mean six points, and that could be a massive six points. And that's the best type of player we're going to be able to bring in this window. Someone who might get us six points. No, you you know what? The more you think half. about it, the more you think about it. Yeah. It's about realism, isn't it? It's not, he wouldn't be one, I would be going, yeah. He's but, not who you buy with a clean no, slate. And... but you're right, he can play left-back as well, and obviously he can play left-wing, and he's got a little bit of pace about him, he can strike a ball. And if he's available, I mean, that's the key thing, is is he available? Can we get yeah. him? And he's worked with the manager before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it would depend if West Ham was able to get another winger in, and then if that gives... Um, the freedom to give us like an option, uh, an option for Corne. Um, but yeah, and then there was another thing I was gonna ask about. Um, oh, would you would you the... be happy with ta- with ta- Would you be happy with Corne? Corne. I think so. Yeah. I, Dwight Dwight's been okay, but I feel he's he's been struggling this season, and I know mm. he's been had like issues in his personal life. So it's like he he might not like be fully invested in talk, in football right now. So if it might, I I feel like another option on the left that would actually I guess is more defensive minded like Cornet versus what Dan Juma Dan Juma offers just because the manager just doesn't seem to like his work ethic or 
his selfishness or whatever the issue is there. But um, I think he would be a, a, a pretty good option for us if possible. Mm. Um, and then the, the other thing I was going to ask about was, I don't know how real this is, but I, I saw this on Twitter. The, the, we might get a transfer ban for one of our F breaches. And I was, I was a little confused by that. So I don't know if that's for like the actual, the bre the 10 point deduction they would turn into a transfer ban or if the one that we're currently the, the, the current one that we just got would be a transfer ban. Um, have you guys heard any word about that or could you explain it better if I misunderstood? It's just one of the one of the uh, options open to a panel, I guess. The same way points was an option, the same way a big fine was an option, the same way squad reductions an option. It's just one of one of the things, and I think the reason why that was doing the rounds is because I think there's an acceptance generally that it'd be grossly unfair to whack more points on top of points that have been taken for incidents that happened in two separate seasons. So I, I think it'd be crazy for them to go, oh, you've got 10 points deducted and we're going to take another six for something you did in a different season. That doesn't add up in any way, shape or form. So therefore, if you were saying Everton were guilty again, and, and don't forget there's no evidence yet that Everton yeah. are actually guilty of a second breach. Everton still believe they're not guilty of a second breach and so do people who've seen the finances and I'm not talking about Everton uh, only people, if that makes sense. I've heard yeah. the other yeah. couple of finances saying they're not, they're not in breach for the second one. The Premier League must feel like they are, so therefore... They get they get kind of um, recommended to an independent commission then to for them to look at everything. So yeah. I think Jack, it's it's just been put out there that this is one possible outcome. Yeah, we had the same before the first sanction, mm. didn't we? The Premier League, I think they have to recommend possible potential sanctions mm. if we are found guilty, and to what degree we are found guilty. You know, I know twelve points was mentioned before we got the points deduction as like the. One the potential maximum points deduction we could be given. I'm sure they would have recommended a lot, and a, a lot will be looked into, and it will ultimately come down to are we guilty or not. The club obviously believe that they aren't, and then if we are, it'll depend. Okay, how guilty are we? That will probably impact the sanction. If mm -hmm. you know, if we have gone over, and it's by a very small amount. You might look at the fact. Okay, it's a small amount, and we've already punished them this season. I think, and I don't think it'd be this because it'd be far too easy for Everton. But Burnley were given a transfer ban last season between the January and summer transfer windows in a period where they couldn't sign players they couldn't because sign anyway. they broke financial rules. Um, if it was that for Everton, we were given a transfer ban that lasted from February to May. That'd be great if that was our punishment, but um, yeah, I can't see that being the likelihood, unfortunately. Um, if we got a transfer ban, would that mean Forrest would also get a transfer ban? Or is well, they'd like be open. Situation? They'd be open to points deduction, wouldn't they? Okay. Yeah, because they haven't had one. Day. Even though, I'll be honest with you, Ed, I've said this, I've been consistent with this every time I've been asked about it. I don't agree with points deductions. And even though yeah. that would arguably benefit Everton, I still think it'd be wrong to take points off Forrest as well. I feel like other people might totally disagree with me there. I think yeah. it'd be 
I think it'd be. I wouldn't want Forrest to have points taken off them because I just don't agree with it. I think, fine, does that help? I don't know. A squad reduction, a transfer ban. I just think points deductions, games have been played. Uh, uh, yeah. Results are there. You can't take results away and put asterisks by teams. You the, the person, or sorry, the people that you are hurting the most are the supporters. And they're yeah. the least culpable in any of this stuff. So, yeah. to me, Forrest should get a transfer ban or a squad reduction or a fine. Points shouldn't even be yeah. on the table. The same way they shouldn't be on the table forever, neither. That's just my if personal belief. If you look belief. at what PSR is, mm. the idea around it is it's meant to stop clubs spending money that they don't have. But it's trying to save them. Yeah. It's trying to yeah, save that, the football clubs. That's the official clubs. story of it. I think handing clubs points deductions, which you know threatens their existence in the league, which in turn could threaten their existence as a football club, mm. doesn't go in line with the idea no. of protecting the finances Absolutely of said correct. football club. A transfer ban goes more along those lines of mm. you've been spending money that you aren't allowed to spend within these rules, therefore we're not going to let you spend money on transfers this window. That reflects more what they tell us Absolutely. PSR is. And you know what, yeah. Jack, right? I know a lot of people don't want it, and of course we don't want it, and we've got two players on loan, haven't we? Which would obviously go back to their clubs if we weren't allowed to sign them, but the reality of it is... You just have to suck it up, don't you? If Everton got it, if they said, right, we don't believe the points is a fair reflection, you're getting them back, but we're ordering, we're giving you a 12 month transfer ban, which effectively means we can't buy anybody in the transfer window. Um, so we wouldn't be able to buy till next January or whatever. Then that's up to the manager and the coaching staff to work a system. Now for Everton, Everton, Everton could play, uh, we'd lose winger, wouldn't we? We'd lose two wingers in that which isn't ideal, right? We'd lose Dan Juma and we'd lose Harrison right now. I mean, if I was Everton, I'd quit. If, that's, if that is a realistic thing, I'd quickly go and spend some money now or go and get someone in now, um, which is, might be why they want to sell Ben Goffrey. But that would be up to Sean Dykes then to go, you know what, we haven't got wingers, so we're going to have to play three at the back and have wing-backs with Dwight McNeil and Nathan Patterson or whoever it is, and, and that would be up to him to come up with a way around that. And then what Everton might have to say then is, to someone like Amadou Onana, sorry, mate, you ain't going. You've still under contract for three years. We will sell you when we can buy. We can't sell you and reduce the squad. Now, some players mightn't like that, but that's just tough. The Premier League have done that, not Everton. You have to get on with it. And then that becomes a test of your management skills and your coaching skills. Create something that gets you through. For us to be the same, the same as with like a, a squad reduction. If they say all of a sudden you can only have twenty members in your squad, the rest have to be made up of under twenty-one players. You have to sell some players because otherwise you're carrying contracts that that are too heavy for you're you. Paying money to exactly, pay or get them out on loan so someone covers it. And that really then is you reducing costs. That to me, and I know a lot of people might disagree with me, and that's fine. But if you're actually looking at sustaining a football club, that is more along those lines rather than going, we're taking 10 points off you. Because Everton have effectively yeah. been given 11 million pounds. I think it's 2.2 million a place or 2.1. Everton have effectively been given almost a 11 million pound fine as well as having the points taken off us. Yeah, be five because we'd be five well. places higher up. So... 
Yeah, I, I just think there's other ways to do it that are fairer. Um, and like I said, uh, this is not me just going well. Everton, have, I just don't like it. And even if even if Forrest were given a points deduction that benefited Everton, I still don't agree with it personally. Yeah, I saw that on um, NBC. They had a segment where they talked about the points deduction, and they brought up a really good point where it's like, if the point deductions hearing isn't done until like after the Premier League ended. And, like, if Forrest or, like, Everton survived and then they get hit by the points, then mm-hmm. the team that got relegated would also, like, be affected by that because they might be able to come back to the Premier League. But by the time that happens, they might have already sold one or two of their key players because they're going down to the championship. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was relatively – well, that I thought that was pretty interesting just because that's a fair point where, like, if the season ends and like we don't actually know who's getting relegated until like if the week after it, was it yeah. yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, the thing is, there's a window where the verdict on the appeal will be decided. Now that window runs just after the final day yeah. of the Premier League, so Everton <laughs> could you know finish 16th in the Premier League, and uh, it's all well and good, and it's fine. And three days later, no, we've been relegated. <laughs> No, yeah, relegated, it, it, been given an additional point to do. But imagine how, imagine how ridiculous that looks at the Premier League. It's embarrassing. The brand will be damaged. So... There, there, it's already damaged. At this no, point. oh, listen, you're absolutely right. It is damaged. And it, it, I, I look at the Premier League now the same way I looked at Italy with all of yeah, the corruption that, that went on there, there and, and people getting... And you just look at it and go, it's a nonsense league. Anything goes, it's pathetic. Serie A yeah. now is just what it is. And I think the Premier League, Richard Masters has done an, an unbelievable job of single-handedly damaging that brand. How yeah. they haven't demanded this removal is beyond me because he's hammered it. It's, it's a joke of a brand now, the Premier League. Um, and yeah. they need to get some, they need to get some, um, a bit of gravitas back and they need this to go away very quickly. And if they had anything about them, they'd get together and go, right, we've, we've bollocks this up. Um, and we need to quickly remove those points deductions, come up with a punishment that everybody agrees to, um, and redefine them rules and go from there. The same way as they scurried around the six that wanted to leave, um, that quickly well, got buried, didn't it? Very quickly got, you know. Well, it's coming back by the looks of it, at least. Oh, the yeah, it's on, that's going nowhere, that Super League. It's, it's got too much money. So it's just what, it just whatever. I would like it. I feel that if we still have FFP and RSP rules, it would help everyone else if the top six left. Yeah. In terms of like, yeah, making it competitive. I don't. I don't know if that is on their cards. To be honest with you, but I think for the for a lot of clubs in the Premier League, or for a lot of football fans, I think outside of those clubs, I think it really invigorate the league. On one yeah. hand, on one hand. On the other, I understand people would be gutted because they're not playing Man United and all that with Liverpool. Personally, I wouldn't care less if we never played Liverpool again in my life. How ironic yeah. would it be, though, if, yeah, the six biggest clubs in the league sat off and then one of the biggest remaining clubs in Everton is relegated because of points deductions? I mean, I'm <laughs> sure with what the Premier League would have left, <laughs> yeah, obviously yeah. be looking to maximise your, your Everton. Oh, of course you would, Nottingham yeah. Forest, another Some one, you know, the, the most successful remaining clubs mm. in the league. And then, yes, yeah, suddenly you'd be, you'd be without one of the biggest ones. It'd mm. be quite ironic for the Premier League. And while I'd obviously hate it because it 
would mean we were out of the league. Mm. It would be, yeah, you know what, at least you're suffering as well because that's a significant amount of people And they're already suffering. I think they're suffering now. I think he's they've because they've been flapping over this independent regulator and they've gone out on a bit of a limb, I think they're suffering hugely and, and he's brought that upon himself. So he deserves all the negative and he, they're phoning all sorts of journalists and briefing and they don't like the, the, the press they're getting and he's flapping, obviously. And and you just have to keep the heat on them because they're a disgrace so far the way they've handled it. Absolute joke, making stuff up as they go along um, because they don't want their homework marked. Leaking information to journalists. Yeah, it's a, they're a disgrace of an outfit at the minute. media. And, mm-hmm. you know, I put this on Twitter the other day and I don't want to sound too tinfoil hatty, but there was a very big wave of negative... Everton and you know pro Premier League and pro PSR mm. like articles and media work just from specific people um at all around a very similar time that didn't seem Client very journalists. coincidental. Client journalists. It, it's when journalists turn into unpaid PR people. Well, they yeah, but they get threatened with the, having the privileges removed. Yeah, but so it's... no more free meals. No, and stuff. As a journalist, your job isn't to print what someone wants you to print. Your job is to print the truth. Mm. A lot of them have forgot that a long time ago, Jack, to be fair. But hey-ho, we'll see what happens, eh, Ed? We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, uh, Thank you for your time. Ed. Cheers, uh, mate. Nice one, Ed. Top man. One. And you. Take care, right. Eddie. Ta-ra, mate. Uh, Michael meant he just settled for six points after the here and not another six oh, points yeah. on top of the no, ten. That's... But he'd rather take uh, he'd rather take the points now. No, we've got a lot back without hard work. If we could get four back and then clean slate from there, mm. nothing else coming up. I think you'd take that. Yeah, no, yeah, and yeah. there's no transfer ban, and you know from the summer we can mm. very on. slowly start rebuilding. Yeah, uh, Adam Lilford says fully agree. We need bodies, but nobody needs a body that offers nothing. There may be a time when he needs to play, but if he offers nothing, you can bring someone else in who easily offers nothing on a much less weight. Yeah, I get, I get that, Adam. I do get it. Hey, Barry Dara says, all right, lads, Baz, boss chat with Connor Cody. Mate, superb. Keep them coming. Great listening while driving up and down the motorways today. Cheers, Baz. Uh, Harry James Tattoo says, hey, lads, hey, watch the Connor Cody interview last night. It was amazing. Uh, I had to get our dog put down last week. Oh, no. Thanks for your content. Always cheers me up, even when Evan doesn't. Oh, uh, sorry to hear that, Harry. Um, nightmare. Yeah, God bless you. Nightmare. God bless you. Absolutely. Um, Bill Cummings says, "What about Diallo? Not sure the state of his knee at the moment. He had injured, didn't he? Pre-season. Is he is he good to go? I know he was training again. He was linked with a couple of Championship clubs mm-hmm. recently, so he might be he might be ready to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd be an interesting one, I think. Um." Just before we go back to the line, Michael Lynn says, how's it going, lads? What are your thoughts on the total lack of forward thinking from the club on revenue generation, especially when we have money to burn? Example being more alternative media revenue. Yeah, I mean, listen, we haven't been great at that, Michael, at all, and that's that's why we, we need this takeover to, um, to move forward. Yeah. Whether it's them or somebody else, we need forward thinking... Owners in the club, there'll be people in the club who there'll be people in the club who have probably got good ideas and want to do more, but they can't. People who are held back, there'll be people in the club who need moving on. There's absolutely no doubt about that and refresh the whole thing. But until we get someone in 
who can who can really head say yes and head that up on Alan Myers. Um, then we are where we are right now. We're just in this state of limbo, and that's even worse, I think, than than where we have been. But we've not recognised the importance of those no. positions and the people who take those positions up, and it's just been old heads with old ideas. Yeah. You can be an old heads with fresh ideas mm, and new absolutely. ideas, but it's. It, it's people who yeah. don't think forward enough. No. Uh, Daniel, who's a Tottenham fan, says, I remember at Spurs we played Slavia Prague in the Europa League and Enoch owned both clubs. So, yeah, there must be, there must be ways, ways around, around it. it. Uh, Williams says, Godfrey has so much potential. Absolutely. Um, Matty says, Belter interviewed that Baz, the last docs I watched that were that good and so honest and open was Pete Doherty, Louis threw one and Joey Barton on James English. Cheers, Matty. Um, Richo says evening Baz and Jack good evening uh, Matty says co- only Coney Cody rather seems like a cracking fella and not a massive bellend I think in relation to uh, Mr Barton I think he meant there ah. uh, Steve P says Enrique never worth even close to 20 million there's a reason why they want to get rid of him yeah he doesn't score he doesn't score goals the, does he? them looking to sell him permanently came about because there was more loan interests than they expected, maybe, maybe for, oh, we actually have a sellable asset here, mm, mm. potentially. Possibly, yeah. The Blue says also, Corney can go both ways, box to box, unlike Dan Juma and Dobbin. I'd yeah. take him because he'd get games, plus I've accepted we won't bring anyone in. So that's making him more appealing. <laughs> it's like Eddie was saying, he's got that versatility and a, pl- a player mm. who's played defensive positions will mm. just naturally have that instilled in him, won't he? Mm. But we'll see, won't we? It's just a bit... If he's available and Everton can't really get other people in, why don't we? Why don't You'd we? You'd imagine he'd be on a lower wage than Dan Juma as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve says, what did... I'm going lightning fast. Who are you talking about here, Steve? Baz, I don't agree because it's completely different. They genuinely have been spent... Which, oh, Forrest. All right, okay. I know, Steve, but I'm talking about points deductions, though. I'm not saying they shouldn't be sanctioned in some way. They have done it totally different to us. Um, I've got some facts that I'm going to be put, reading on the news, so listen to them. They're, they're quite eye-opening, really, about Everton's true, um, the true position over the last five years. Very, very interesting. Um but I just don't like points deductions. Honestly, I just don't like points deductions. When you, I just think it's ridiculous. Like we said on the call as well, when you look at what we're told PSR is, it doesn't go hand in hand. That You could argue a fine doesn't either. Mm. But I think, yeah, the 11 million that this has potentially cost us with the positions is probably much bigger than any fine we would have been given. So we've been given that and a points deduction that's going to you know potentially cost us a lot more if we don't stay in this league. Mm. I just think talking I, a lot of yeah. income going away. Then I just don't understand the. I, I just don't understand the. It's the it's the nuclear deterrent, isn't it? That this will stop teams going for it. The deductions, the major hopefully So basically, uh, winter transfer window spending and received since 2017. Ned might put it up in a minute, but I'll just read it anyway. So we've got um, 
The spending in 2017 was 221.2 million. This is in January. Um, the clubs received 253.35 million that that window. 2018, 465.2 million spent. 372 million back in. 2019, 146 million. Point uh, six spent. 98.8 back in. This is the window in the Premier League. Uh, 2020, 232 million. Point nine six spent. 44.9 back in. Uh, 84.2 in 2021, 24 million back in. 2022, 322.9 million spent, 159.7 back in. 2023, 780.1 million spent, 105 million back in. Yeah, and 2024, so far, 34 million spent. Two million pounds back in. So from last year to this year, look at that. Seven hundred and fifty. Seven hundred and yeah. Drop off, but then in turn as well, the money back in's gone down mm. because the the January window is a domino effect, and it, it needs something to kick that off. Mm. This year, there's been absolutely nothing. There's you know if you look at the uh, the transfers that have been spoken about mainly, it, it's loans and the thing that stops them or gets them across is the the loan fee or how much wages being paid. Everyone's just looking to cut costs at the moment, but so many clubs are so close to the edge because I know um and what was mentioned in regards to our first charge was the generous hundred and five million allowance. Actually, when you look at the expenses of a Premier League football club and our transfer fees have massively inflated as mm. well over the last few years, it's very easy to spend a hundred and five million without spending that much money. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting though, isn't it? Interesting. The PSR's just hammered that win this window. That clubs are terrified now to go, oh, I'm not spending it because whatever, so we'll see. Um, Plucky Panda says, as a journalist, unfortunately, your job nowadays is to push your employer's narrative. Um, but that becomes even more frustrating because these people don't work for the Premier League. It's the media companies that these journalists work for being in bed with the Premier League mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously getting information from the Premier League that's beneficial to them as a news organisation and not doing the Premier League's wishes would be detrimental to them. That, mm. that is the theory, isn't yeah, it? And, yeah. and if that is correct, it's very worrying. What for do you do, though? What do you do if, if you're a journalist and you know that you have to lean on the Premier League and the Premier League threaten you? It's great having all these moral... Oh, moralistically, you should just hand your, you know, your journalist badge back in and walk away. But people have got... People have got houses to pay for and no, food to put on the table. And it's difficult for these people. That's why the problem now. is if this is happening, it's the... Premier League or a fault for making that scenario and pushing this and pushing for this, that that's mm-hmm. a problem mm-hmm. if that's happening because people will bend to their will because you know people do need to people have studied for these careers done mm-hmm. what I've done, got, gone to uni, got a degree in journalism and then spent years working for free, mm-hmm. building up to get to a position of where course, you yeah. can um, well, You're going to be a journalist, well maybe you might be a journalist, you've got the degree what would you do? If, if you're in a job and you're getting well paid and someone says Jack you can't write an article like that, mate, otherwise we're, we're, we're going to have a problem, me and you. I, I, Are you going to go, no, my integrity's intact, or and you've got, you know, maybe you've got your missus or whatever going, 
Jack, we, you can't the house, lose your job, the mate. Car, the house, the, or the food, the or the holiday, or whatever yeah, it is. It's, it, I, I very much like to think it could say, well, no, I'll stand by my morals. But yet, these aren't the people with power in this situation, the majority mm. of them. Anyway. I'm not talking like there's this story that it just cannot be ignored. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking, it's football at the end yeah, of the day yeah. at the moment. And, Jack, just spin this situations, Whatever, nothing's really bad, mate. So just... You know, and we're getting lots of stick because we're all right. What the, the majority of these people aren't like f- massively financially well off their mm. and like a good wage, but mm. if the money goes away, they don't. So it's fine. I've got millions in the bank. Mm. Most of these matter. journalists yeah, yeah. aren't in no. that situation. So it's, it, it is difficult for them. I don't see them as the problem. I see if the Premier League is doing this, if they are approaching certain outlets and asking them to print stuff. That's the problem, not mm. the individuals themselves, because they're in a difficult position. It, it's whoever's putting the pressure on them, if they're putting the pressure on them. We know the it, league will do that, the though. You know they're doing that. You can see it from the way the journalists are writing the stuff that it's the Premier League you doing. You can tell it. certain things crop up in every story, and certain things seem very include this. Keywords include certain words and phrases that um, appear in. A lot of the anti-Everton stories, mm. and, yeah, and, it, it, and the timing of it all as of well. Of course, yeah. Pedro, do you want to sub in? Or he doesn't look interested, does he? Yeah, yeah, of course, you're yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Rob says, "Why is Machiri not saying anything about what's been happening? He hasn't said a word for months." He has gone very, very quiet. But listen, while you're there, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe. And also subscribe to More Than A Game. Ned will put the link in the comments now and go and watch the Conor Cody interview. Back to you, Jack. Why hasn't he said anything? Mishiri, mm. I don't consider as our owner anymore. I know he is in a mm. legal sense, but... Uh... He's also, though, a board member. This is the thing for me. A board? Apparently. Um, I don't really care about him and, and all that as the owner. But he is a member of our board, so he's an owner and on the board. And he said absolutely nothing. He hasn't even come out and condemned the Premier League for what it's done. I mean, and yet look it at his contribution on the panel as well when he was asked questions, and you know he didn't give answers that were beneficial to Everton's case. He said, "Oh, we needed the midfield, so I bought midfielders." Like he's, and you know th- there was rumours before the sanction got announced that Mishiri hadn't performed particularly well, mm-hmm. and you know what, um, when he had to. I think he's a man who spent a lot of someone else's money trying to build a football club. That hasn't worked. That man is no longer allowed to be involved with Everton or any English business because of the situation in Russia and Ukraine. Mm. Um, Mishiri now left to his own devices clearly doesn't want to be the owner of Everton Football Club. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think he believes that anything he does that's associated with the club, even if it means you know trying to protect his own asset, just favour ties him to the club and makes it harder to get away. But looking in a legal sense, he's our owner. But we used this analogy the other day: if you're uh, the owner of a pet and you know you leave that pet on a street corner, mm. yeah, you are its owner, but you you're failing as its owner and you're showing no ownership of it by leaving it to suffer. Mm. Okay, great analogy. Fair play. I mean, you've brought, well, you've brought pets into it, but that's fair. Because pe- people love that's the fair. pets. They like, do love the pets. Love the You're absolutely club. right. You're absolutely right. I just think it, it... I just wonder if he should have said something because he is our owner, but he's also the board member. He as should've. a board member, that's that. The owner can hide away, and a lot of them do. 
A lot of them just go, yeah, nothing to do with me, Gov, I'm out the way. But he's a, he's a board member right now, and he certainly is a board member of it because he's got no, he's showed no bleeding interest, has he? No, he, he absolutely should say something. I'm not excusing him mm. to any degree. I'm saying, look at the character of the man. I think he should have come out and spoke about Triple Seven. Why he wants to sell to them properly, I mean, not just the stupid thing we got on the website to go home selling it. Why he believes they're still right for Everton, even after all of this stuff going on. I think, and I don't know the exact reason why, but he's, he wants mm. absolutely nothing to do yeah. with Everton yeah. at the moment. And I don't know what's motivated him to do that. Is it in correlation with losing a lot of someone else's money, mm. trying to chase in the dream? I, I don't know, but he, he clearly wants absolutely nothing to do with Everton. Uh, Samuel says, where did you get the, the yellow shirt here, Pat? Scordra. Yeah. 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 We got it from Scordra and then Rich uh, Wilkinson. You can find them on Twitter. Does some great stuff with the kits, done the umbro on and just made it look authentic. Um, it's tremendous shit. Absolutely tremendous shit. Ruben says, what Frank on the overlap? And he said, Machiri doesn't really get involved unless it's transfers and agents. Yeah, that... Machiri was like, Which is he, he was literally though. That was the only thing that excited him with players and stuff, wasn't it? Like a little, like a little kid who's got money and full Richie ditch. There was a piece with him about Marcel Brands in the Athletic a couple of years ago, not long after he'd left Everton. Mm-hmm. I think it was like the summer mm-hmm. after, and he'd basically spoken about the you know the year under Ancelotti, Ancelotti's summer. And um, after we signed the midfielders, um, he got told, right, there's, there's no more money to spend here, you know, we're, we're on the limit with mm. what we can spend at the moment. And he was like, great. Next minute we were signing Ben Godfrey, Brands knew absolutely nothing about it. Mm. We had an owner who was signing players on the director of football's behalf. And, you know, there was the stories of Machiri ringing Brands up at two in the morning saying, I can we get Gareth Bale? Like, do you reckon we can make that yeah, happen? Yeah. And just... Completely, and yet we probably could have at one stage with with the money Machiri would have been prepared to offer him. But he was taken out of the fella he'd brought in and paid very well. But we know this, though. We know this, don't we, Marcel Brands? We know this. I still think he should have done more. But he did also. He did also get stitched up because Machiri couldn't keep his nose out of it. Neither could Usman have. Brands wasn't innocent in it, but ultimately Machiri paid someone a lot of money to come Mm -hmm. in and be in charge of transfers, and then just decided to constantly overrule him and make his own decisions and he has no grounds to be making transfers for a football club he has as much grounds as you do to walk into Everton and go we're buying this player and mm. take the money and go and give it to that club because he, ha- he has no expertise and that, he's got no track record that, well then cue me next Wednesday morning going into Finch Farm going we're buying this player who are you buying <laughs> gotta be realistic haven't we we yeah. can't be going and buying you're gonna open the vaults in Finch Farm, you're going to mm. turn it, turn it and unlock it. You're going to walk, it's going to be solid gold bars in there. Yeah, just, a, have, um, just enough to do. The, don't want to hammer yeah. the club, do we? Well, all the gold bars, they have uh, Josh Wander on as well, with his cap, oh, like, printed on them. Oh, okay. And that's, you going to take a few gold bars. You, I, I think I'd go and just say Gula on loan. Gula. Ah, the Gula. Ah, He's yeah. available for loan, can play in the tank, can play wide, needs games. Carlo, we'll cook him for Carlo. Yeah. Get him ready, ready to go again. So I'll probably just play enough for his loan. Don't want to damage the club. Really, I, I want to sit down and really think about who we can go and get. Um, 
Do you know what I mean? You've already took more consideration of our transfers well, possibly, than Mishiri did. Possibly. So. Or if we want to go, if we want to go, you know, and do things properly before we're thinking, go and tell Andre and Fluminese we're having him. Trey Lad, we're having him. We're paying thirty million for. You um, come on with us. Son. We're coming with us, and we'll sell Ahmed if he wants to go. Job done. Uh, James says uh, Rich does boss numbers as well as the badges. He does. Andy Goff says Baz, we haven't heard from any, anything from anyone at the club really. Where is Richard Kenyon or Scott McLeod? I imagine they're probably still in work at the Liver Buildings. But that's why John Blaine always goes on about the chief engagement officer. It's why we go on about getting Alan Myers back as spokesperson for that, uh, to take that on. There's clearly nobody at the football club who wants to do that role. I think Alan is so... Um, Alan's so qualified for that role, and he's, he's an Evertonian. He's trusted by well. the fan base. He's got so much experience. If you watch the interview... Interview I did with him for more than a game. He tell he tells you all about his his career and everything he's done. He's been a director at Blackburn Rovers, signed players. He's also someone who you know, although very experienced in the game, he's not been left behind by no. you know, at the modern hasn't times. been able he's, to has he? No, but he's he's someone who you know when you speak to him, you listen to him speak, you clearly understand it's someone who still understands the modern game mm. as well. Sometimes you know there'll be qualified individuals yeah. from you know. Back in the day, um, in footballs, all the years who just haven't been able to adapt with how it's changed. I, I don't get that from Alan Myers. He's someone who comes across like he very much understands the modern game and the modern fan base of a football club. Mm. He'd be trusted to perform the role, and he'd understand the importance of it, mm. especially to a club like Everton. Every club needs someone performing that role, but one of the biggest things that's been stressed by Evertonians is more communication to us because we're constantly left in the dark, and it annoys us. Mm. Definitely, but again, just to, I'm sure there's people, there's a couple of good people at Everton who want, oh, absolutely. want to put stuff out, but, but there's no the one. people above them. Exactly, there's nobody there. And I think maybe someone with fresh eyes going back in, who's a bit removed from it, goes, right, this is what we're doing and starts to do that. But that can only really happen with a new regime. Like, you couldn't, I for Alan, I don't even know if Alan would even go back, but for Alan, if he went in now, while he, while it's not sorted out at the top, he'd soon fall into what's going on there right now. Whereas if he went in, well, he wouldn't be allowed to do anything. Exactly. Difference. So therefore, it wouldn't make any difference. So therefore, I know people. If he went in, I know people. Jack saying that's a bloody Liam Neeson or something. If he went in with a new regime and they give him power to go and sort it out, how he, you know, what he wants to do, then he's got more power to wield it in the direction that he wants it to go in. Yeah, definitely. But I, I know people and I've worked with people who've done work for the club on mm. the media side of mm. things and th there's talented people who work there and who have worked there. I just want to stress that, but it's what comes above them that prioritise the approach that the of club course. takes. Of course. Um, Anonymous Chris says the oldest clubs in the Premier League are Forest, Villa, Ev Wolves, Everton. We should break away and create our own league. We're the founding the fathers. League. We're in charge. Well said, Chris. Yeah. That should never, ever be just ignored either, but it is. It's because it's football the kids history. are only interested in the Premier League, but it's football history, isn't it? Football royalty. Clubs like that who founded the league. There you go. I mean, everything moves on. We know that, but... And the Mount Rushmore of football. We are. Fans and fathers. We are. Emma says, boss interview. My favourite so far. The Alamayers one. So check it out if you haven't. Over 100,000 of you have. 
Um, James has not heard a word from Dave Prentice since he joined the club from the Echo. Thought he spoke well on the Echo podcast, could do the job as the club engagements officer. I think they've got their eye on other, other people. I'm not saying he wouldn't, who knows, but he's not done it so far, has he? The head, head of communications at the club, isn't he? Apprentice. Uh, I'm not sure. What I think it's it's something maybe, along yeah, those yeah, lines. Yeah. I think maybe with Apprentice and look, I, I don't know him personally, so this isn't mm-hmm. me like, defending him because anything to know people are frustrated with him. I think maybe there was a misunderstanding about his role that as head of communications or whatever that role was, he'd be openly communicating mm-hmm. himself. I think maybe he's more in charge. Of, how the club communicates and, you know, what overseas statements that are released. I'm not saying that's all been perfect either, but uh, you'd quite often see uh, no tweets in six months from our heads of communications or mm. whatever. I don't know if that role is meant to be him communicating through his own personal channels and it's maybe more overseeing how the club itself communicates. Possibly, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be right, yeah, you might be right. just think we want to hear... We want to hear. Things. I think the club. We need to hear more from the club. For the club, so. though, and the people who were there, I guess just right now, it's in a difficult position, isn't it? Because it can't really do anything. Do you know what I mean? Um. Yeah. It's just it can't really do anything. There's nobody to say, "Yeah, go and do this." I guess they're thinking, "Can we really do that?" You know, and they can put stuff out. Of course, they can. And, you know, it's supposed to be business as usual, but it's far from business as usual, isn't it? And in, the... in real terms, we don't have an owner and we don't have a board. We've got people performing those roles and, you know, stepping up to the plate. People like Colin Chong, who I'm sure are mm. doing the best he can, but that's not their preferred role in a business, not what they started working with Everton to do. So, you know, and now officially we have people in these positions. In real terms, we don't. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's like I say, it's just... it's. It's just we're in that bloody limbo state, aren't we? Where we're waiting for something to happen, and I, I, I struggle to believe there's another consortium with great ideas and big deep pockets that want Everton, and yet they haven't put the head above the parapet, or they haven't backed, um, they haven't backed Machiri into a corner and gone, we're here, we're ready. We've got the funds. We can get this done. We a lot can quicker. get it done quickly. We can, you know, support this. It's great. People go, no, they'll just sit off because why would they raise the why would they raise the the head above the parapet? But uh, I'm not not convinced. Um, Matty Bush says we should take our ball off the snake snake for six and go home. Emma says we really have a head of communications. Seriously, and see those laughing faces. It's something along those lines. It, it, a, a role named something like that. Ralph says the club communicates, really. I mean, you know, every now and again it does, doesn't it? This is what I'm saying, it's difficult. With no one there setting, you know, there'll be people there that are trying to communicate. And it does put things out like it can, but it's not. It, you know, we know it would be better, wouldn't it, Rob? Uh, Ralph, sorry if we had more more direction. Listen, we have uh, it's the call you've all been waiting for. It is my good mate. Dexy, friend of the show. Dex, how are you and what do you want to say? Hi, guys. Uh, if I can change the subject a little bit. Do whatever you... Hey, uh, for you, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I will do. Don't worry. Anyway, you normally do. Um, I'd like to talk about uh, Dominic. 
does this, I know, I wouldn't say he's had a dip in form, but everything that seems to have gone wrong with him seems to align when Duncan left the club. Hmm? Do you think, do you think that, you know, the way uh, Duncan sort of brought him round as a proper centre forward might now have something to do with it all? Did you get me? Yeah. yeah, I think um, I think back to the Chelsea game where Duncan, you know, he was our, he was our caretaker manager, and that was one of the first times Dom really shone for us, and you know he was winning every header, and that's when we see him, you know, less of the off the ball running and more of that old school number nine in in the framework of Duncan yeah. Ferguson, and I think he clearly had an influence on how Dom plays today and the player he would become definitely. Um, in terms of has Duncan not been there, had an impact on him, that comes down to how much Dom absorbed the information Dunk was giving him at the time and how much it stayed with him. Does he need someone working with him every day, reminding him of the things he's already been told 50 times over? Or has he been able to absorb all that at the time and take it with him and now move on to develop more? Mm. I think every player, though, it doesn't matter whether you're confident or not, Every player likes to be loved, don't they? Hmm. And if you've got if you've got that person that believes in you and pushes you, you know, I, I just feel I I think it, in the back of my head I think it's got something to do with with the whole thing that's going on at the moment. I don't know what it is. He just seems to have lost all confidence in front of goal. And I know I go in. And I say, please, Dom, just get winning off your ass. Mm. Just just go in the back of the net and everything will change. Mm. But yeah, no. You... You, see, you see him running one-on-one and the the confident Dominic Cavalier would have just laced it in the back of the net. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I just feel that he needs somebody like Duncan to just mm. get hold of him and say, listen, Let's what do you think's missing? Somebody he can actually work with on a one to one basis to get him back. You know, obviously the injuries had a problem. Mm. I do notice it I do notice his spring has changed. He's not hitting the heights he used to hit. Mm. Uh, so maybe the injuries had something to do with that. And when I say heights, I mean let's face it, when Dominic used to jump. Everybody, you know, he was a head and shoulders above everybody, oh, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. And there just seems to be a little difference in that now. He doesn't seem to be getting the power in that leap anymore. Mm. Um, but he is running okay. Mm. I mean, he, run, he runs the line like the best of Everton centre forwards. Do you know what I mean? But just, just something there that's actually, I think, somebody needs to put the arm around him and say, listen, Dom. You've got it, mate. Because when Dominic's scoring goals, he's England's number two centre forward. Yeah, without, um, without a without a doubt. Well, you know, I think he I was. Feel, I, I think he was. I think I think he's fallen behind Watkins. Well, I think he's fallen behind Tony. But he's yeah. still in the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, I. You know, he's only fallen behind because he's not scoring goals. Uh, I, I I watch my strikers very closely, Dex, and I'm very yeah, criti- I'm very critical of them, and 
Yeah. He, no, I think don't get don't get me wrong. I think it gets a goal. I think you're absolutely right. By the way, I think when you're not scoring goals, the goal gets smaller and smaller and smaller every game. I think against Villa, the one when he runs through, he does everything right. He gives the keeper the eyes. He's got to lift the ball. He has got yeah. to lift the ball. He hits it. It hits Martinez's foot. He's a, he's two inches away from it being a goal. But if he lifts yeah. it, he doesn't give the goalkeeper a chance. He's just yeah. not calm in them situations. And that's if if there's one aspect we could really do with him improving, it's those moments because he does get them. But he needs a goal. I think if he gets a goal, I think his head will go up. But the other thing I would say about him, this is more of a criticism of the rest of the team, to be honest with you. How many chances do we... How many chances do we create for him? How many chances does he miss a game? He doesn't miss four or five, does he? No, because we don't. And it's funny, I don't know whether you notice, but when Beto comes into the team Mm -hmm. as a substitute, we start crossing the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And yet Beto wants balls through the middle and balls around the corner for him to get after. He wants wants balls down the channel to Mm -hmm. run onto Mm because he's frightening when he's got the ball and Mm -hmm. it's free Beto. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and then he comes on the pitch, and what do we start doing? We start putting perfect corners in. <laughs> Our wingers start crossing the ball instead mm. of going back and beating the player again. You know, which I think one of our wingers that we've got on loan tends to do too much of. Mention mm. no names. Um, he's a he's a hard worker, but he, I wouldn't buy him necessarily. Fair enough. Um, uh, well, the amount of money that we're told that they want for him. No, I think I think we said any a fifteen million would be tops for Jack. I think. Uh, I think so. He's yeah. a hard worker, but mm-hmm. he's uh, his end product. It's it's one of those things. But wingers are like that, aren't they? Yeah, I think he's been the best. Yeah. He's been the best winger we've got this season. Yeah, he's, he's been problem. far. Yeah. He's far outperformed Dwight McNeil. Yeah. But Dwight's got his own issues going on. He's been injured a couple of times, so you know. Oh, I'm hoping he hits the floor. You know, running again yeah. like he did in the second half of last season because he, he yeah. was tremendous in that, wasn't he? And Dan Zoom has done nothing. But um, yeah. no, I think with Dom, he do, I know people, some people are hypercritical of him. I personally think he deserves to be dropped at the minute. I don't think he's playing well. I think it would be, you take them out the firing line sometimes. I, I think he's gone crazy amount of games without a goal. I would yeah. take him out now and just, just give him, give Beto a go for a couple of games and have Dom coming off the bench. The manager won't. I think it's quite clear Dom's his number one. And that's you, great because if he gets a goal, you're back up and running. But if he keeps having games when he's not scoring, the problem just gets worse. But you know what? When we're without Decore, hmm? who we all know is probably the guy that makes us tick at the moment. Hmm? Yeah, agreed. Um, would you play better with Dom? And I don't mean as a centre forward. I mean as like somebody to run off Dom. I think, I think if you're doing that, one of them has to be disciplined to drop in, and yeah. you'd have to argue well, that should be Dominic really. But yeah, I wouldn't necessarily uh, say that the core does that though, does he? No, I mean all it is is that out of possession it's a four-four-two, isn't it? And that yes. that's that's yeah. what you do, isn't it? And in possession, you want you want it to be almost like a four-two-four yeah. four at times because you want your wingers to be high. Yes, don't you? Yeah. Um, I, I get that. Yeah, but I, 
you know what, Dex? There will be times that I would have done it and would have thought the manager would have done it already. Like even like Palace at home in the cup. Yeah, it was clearly a game. The manager wasn't really that arsed. He wanted to win, of course, but he wasn't desperate. Yeah. Why didn't he just play the two with them? But I would yeah. have times when I would have to pair of them on the pitch at, at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I do think, see, you take, he, I know he's probably thinking protection for Dom. Mm. But he doesn't really necessarily, the last couple of games, look tired when he has taken him off after 70 minutes. Mm. And then he brings he brings Beto on, and the whole game has to change, but it changes to the Dominic Calvert Lewin style of play. Mm. Now I agree. It's I think if you cr- yeah, it? if there's a criticism of Sean Dykes is that he he too often just goes like for like, as in. We've got, you know, we might need another option up front, but he he just takes the striker off and puts the striker on, or he takes the right winger off and put. Do you know what I mean? If there is a criticism of an individual performance yeah. rather than making yeah. a tactical change, trying to do it like that. So that listen, there is, you know, he hasn't got loads of options. The manager to massively yeah. mix it, but now I think Dom just needs a goal. And Emma's Emma said it. something, and she's right. And this is something that was was uh, seconded by Connor Cody. Michael Keane's the best finisher at the club. Yeah. Um, well, get him up front. You ask the players, all the players. Yeah. Joe no, he is. He is. Yeah. He is. Get yeah, him up front. You know. Give him. Give yeah. Keane. Keane could be up. Paul Boris. Remember him? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, Chris Sutton. Yeah. Don't forget Chris Sutton was a centre back that went up front. Yeah. Dion Dublin. So, Dion Torres was a goalkeeper. Do it. Fernando Torres was a keeper. Didn't Dion Dublin go from centre forward to centre half, didn't he? Well, he, he was centre back, went to centre forward, and ended up going to centre back again. Yeah. The, big yeah, Dion, yeah. so, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was in oh. people's lofts and, and, you know, making the dupe and presenting homes <laughs> under a hammer. So, you know, Michael Keane's got a big future ahead of him. You think? Possibly. We'll see. Daytime TV. Daytime TV. Hey. Daytime, yeah. We'll see. Possibly. If Giannis can get on it, anyone can. Put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it's just a theory I have. Yeah, yeah. I think Dom needs... I just feel he just needs somebody... To he needs a goal, but you're right about... Yeah. No, you are right about Dunk. Obviously, he would have been the one who not only would have put an arm around Dominic, but also would have challenged them. And said, you need yeah, to get a bit more aggressive, mate. Like, yeah. you, you know, Dunk done loads like that. Because Duncan's a guy who's not necessarily put your arm around. He'd give you a kick up your ass, wouldn't he? Well, a bit of both, Dunk. He yeah. is the, he's a gentle yeah, giant as well, as well at times. Someone who's had a tough time off the pitch as mm. well with his injuries. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, that's yeah. something Duncan can relate to. Mm. And, you know, just give some advice on how we just coped or just having someone to speak to, you know, has been through the same thing, but, you know, still come out of it and, you know, solidified yeah. himself as a hero at Everton. And it just gives you that bit of reassurance, doesn't it? Hmm. It just seems that this is an elongated drought, though, doesn't it? Oh, it it's is. But drought, again, this, but it? that's that's why I'm saying, that's why I'm saying, mate, it, it, if you... Sorry, Dex, I didn't give you the respect you deserved and say, mate, so I apologise. Um, I think you're absolutely right with Duncan, if he would have been in. Duncan's a really good coach, and a lot of people looked skated over that because some people just want to kick people for some reason. I'm not I'm not sure why. But he's also a centre-forward and, and was very good at doing that as well. And it was notable that Marco Silva's time when they took Duncan off coaching our strikers and he put 
Bowen Morty and his goal thong to do it. Everton, Everton stopped scoring goals and players were having crisis of confidence and walking off pitches, asking Dunk yeah. to do extra stuff with them. That's what it comes down to. And maybe it, it, maybe it, it, Dominic just needs that, but Dunk's not here. He's a manager in his own right now, so he's got yeah. it after. He's gone after dust he's himself down and get on yeah, with it. He's found a club that suits him, isn't he? Hasn't he? Well, he's just, just been able to get on with it and do his job, isn't he? That's why. Yeah. Maybe we should buy him a train ticket, Dom, and send him up to... Send him up to Dunk for a couple of days, yeah. Hey, Duncan was clearing yeah, the pitch last week with the, the Isle shovel, getting it ready for the Ireland. cup game, money. Go and help him clear some snow off the mm. pitch and have a chat with Duncan while you're there, like, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like Rocky, really, chasing yeah. the chickens. But that's it. But that's it, really. And just Class. the usual rallying cry, let's get through the FA Cup and... And onwards. Absolutely, Dex. Onwards and upwards. Listen, lovely to speak to you, Dexy. And no frogs this week. So well done. Well done, my mate. Ah, take care, Dex. All right, Dex. Take care. Speak to you next week, pal. Take it easy. Nice. Bye bye, mate. Bye. Tremendous. Um, Is he the Sharpie there? Okay, we're going to do the final call of the night. Just waiting for Sharpie to get his uh, uh, get himself together. Is he there? Hello, hello, hello. There he is, Sharpie. Good evening. What hello, do you mate. want? How are you? Oh, I'm all right. I'm all right. What do you want to apologies. say, mate? Yeah, apologies for the late call tonight. Hey, um, fine. What is, mate? Um, yeah, actually, sort of. Dexy sort of was brought up about Beto. Actually, okay, clarify something. What what's his situation with like the transfer? How much have we paid? How much have we got to pay? Do you know? Can you clarify that? Say it again. How much so have we paid for Beto? The situation with Beto. With Beto, right? We haven't paid anything for him. Yeah, we've Not paid yet. twenty-five we... million pound agreement with add-ons, right. and the first payment is July the third or something like that. Apparently. Okay, so we're obligated to to, to pay the twenty five. Yeah. Crikey, that's a lot of money in it for him. It's it's that's, a big investment, isn't it? Yeah, that's, I mean that. Come on, that's not a good buy, is it? Well, he's yes. a, he's it's early days, mate, isn't it? Oh, twenty five mil. That's I I didn't know I didn't know what the deal was, but I mean, so you're saying we got to pay ten mil. On no, it's over. It'll be over the years. So, over five, signed years. five years. So it'll be four, won't it? Because he got him for the year. So it'll be more like six mil, six point five mil a season. Okay. Oh, sorry. So that so that twenty five mil is going to be spread over the four. Yeah, years. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. When you put it like that, what what do you think about that deal? And do you think? I mean, when you when you say twenty five spread over four, it just sounds like whatever. It will be mm-hmm. all right. We're at mm-hmm. least get our money back. What, what mm. do you think about that deal? Well, what happens if he, second half of the season, he scores six goals and wins us six games and we stay up and then he's he saved us 50 million and next season he gets 10 and the year after... Yeah, he, yeah, of course. No, yeah, but, yeah, that's, no, but that's really where we are, aren't we? We're talking about a lad who's three years into his professional career. He's a big unit. He's come over from Italy in a faster league. He's learning his craft. It's a yeah. difficult one. Strikers, we got quoted twenty-five million for Ben Brayton Diaz when he was at Blackburn, yeah. and he he went off to Villarreal and, and couldn't hit a bull's ass with a banjo. Now we come back to Sheffield United. We'll see whether he gets goals in the Prem. He might. He might not. Um, so twenty twenty-five million for strikers nowadays. 
isn't a big thing. But Everton might have Beto for 18 months and then go, yeah, it's not really working, but he scored goals in the Prem and someone might fancy him and pay 15, 18 million for him. And then you, right, look at so, it, you look at it like um, that, don't you? So you've got to look at it, it. You've got to look at the whole picture, haven't you? I think what you've yeah, got yeah. to consider as well is any striker we were going to bring in in the summer, we were going to have to structure the deal like that. It was going to have to be small amounts of money over a long period of time. And when you shop like that, no one really wants to sell their player like that, do we? Because imagine if someone came in for Jared Bramthwaite and he said, OK, it's, it's 80 million, but it's actually um, 8 million a year for 10 years. Mm-hmm. It, it It's not great, is it? You want that money up front if it's an asset you value. So straight away, uh, the quality of striker we could sign... It was lowered. And it was you, then, he was you, the Nazi's main strike. He was like, they're yeah, number yeah. nine. Good, got 10 goals for yeah. them mm-hmm. last year. So I, I think with Beto, you know, it's difficult to buy quality with the way we had to buy it. We've got a player who, you know, you can see the avenue for su- success, can't you? Mm-hmm. He's got skills. You can see that there's can potential you, there. You well, really the, see him sort of doing well in the Prem? I think... The, He's a big lad. He's fast. I think, like Degsy was saying, when he gets running with the ball, he's terrifying at Mm. times. He's shown good finishing. I think he has a lot to work on in terms of how he sees the game mentally, how he times his Mm. runs, when he makes his runs and when Mm. he shows for the ball. There's a lot to work on. But what I do see is potential. There's potential for success. He's shown more potential for success than Malpe did at Everton under the current management. (laughs) I think I could show more potential than Mm -hmm. Malpe. (laughs) Yeah, but what we've got, we've got someone who can suit the way we play. We just need, Mm -hmm. we just need to work on getting him up to speed. Do we look at things? Premier League does things. Is there a case, though, Jack? We've had our last two callers. One talking about Dominic not scoring. Sharpie's talking about Beto. To me, there's a common denominator there, and it's how Everton play. Yeah. If Beto right, was missing right. five sitters a game, I'd be going. Yeah, we're not even oh, getting chances. No, right? he yeah. get, You know, yeah. the lad come on against Fulham in the cut and scored for us, equalised, and took it to penalties, didn't he? You know, he scored a goal against yeah. uh, Newcastle to make it three 0 He come on and rescued us at the, the second round of bleeding Doncaster. Doncaster. You know, he's yeah. got three goals. You know, Maupai got one in 28. He's got three goals. He's been given scraps to feed off and bits and pieces yeah. in games. I I do scratch my head and I look at my centre forwards. I do scratch my head when people have a go at Beto. I, I just look and think, what what do you want him to do? We we don't we just yeah. knock balls in the air to him. So if he wins the header, there's no one near him. We don't so we gotta we got yeah. play to him, Chap, because yeah, otherwise, yeah. what's yeah, the yeah, point? Absolutely. You so the, the choices are: we either change our style of, of play or mm. flog Beto and, and DCL. Like, mm. Something's got to give, right? Something's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So which which one was is is Dyche going to suddenly think like, okay, I need to change my whole way of working? Is he going to have that foresight to try to get the two strikers into play more, or is well, how long is it going to go on? No, <laughs> but listen. The manager is getting everything he can out the side at the moment, so we'll we'll go with whatever's happening right now. I just think yeah. when you look at individuals, you have to find a way of playing with them. Dwight McNeil, in the first half of last season, looked like a championship player. He was dreadful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second half of the season, yeah. when Dyche come in, he was brilliant. The core eight was ready to be sold in January. Was, I, don't, I don't remember too many Evertonians banging the door no. down because he wasn't no, playing. No. 
And yet he's arguably he's arguably the key to the works for yeah. for Sean Dyche. We're all bemoaning he, the fact he he's can't injured. Get, he can't get our two strikers going. That's, no, that's, no, but that's, that, that's where games are won. Isn't of it? course, of course. But what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is it's all about finding the right way to shoot a player. It's easy coming on and go, sorry, not just for you. It's easy for anyone to discuss a player and go, not good enough. He's this. We hear it about Dominic. He's a championship striker. He's not. That's just utter no, nonsense. He's not. No, he's, def- he's right? definitely prim, but we're just But he already can't. Strength. But he hasn't scored for weeks. He hasn't scored yeah, for weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks. So we're looking at it. You know, it, football is a it's a funny game in terms of you can have players who've got the kit on, but if you're not playing to their strengths, look at Mopai. Mopai's got five goals, I think, for Brentford or whatever. He looked didn't even look like a footballer playing for Everton, let's be honest. And yet on Saturday, he scored an absolute worldie. And Brentford, he's been very, very good for Brentford. Why? Yeah. Because they play in a way that suits him. And you hear, I mean, Jack. You know. Yeah, I, I think Sean Dyche is more than capable of coaching a team to make more chances than we do. I just don't think... Well, he's not been able to buy the players to build that way, have we? We've had to... Mm. We've made a makeshift team. We were trying to get the most out of every player on the pitch. We've had injuries. We've had injuries. If you gave Sean Dyche 80 million, which he's never had in his career, Mm. he'd probably build a different team and probably a different style of team to what we've got right now. Yeah, maybe. Normally you look to your midfield for where your creativity comes from. One of our midfielders has had to be our source of goals because that we find the most success playing that way. So straight away, that's a creative spot lost. And then we've had to look on our wingers for hard work rather than, mm. you know, a club that makes more chances might have a winger with a bit more killer instinct who's a bit of a better dribbler and he's got a brilliant final ball into that box. We've had to prioritise wingers who work hard to fit the way we play and one of them's on loan. The other one is costing about two million a year over a couple of years and Dwight mm. McNeil. I think it it's another. It comes back to like I said about how we bought better when you know we were never going to be able to get the finished article paying that way, but we can't get the our top priority in any position at the moment. But we're getting the best we can get. I I would be more worried if the pair of them were missing five and six chances. Well, on one hand, I'd be going we get he's getting in the right areas. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is how I look at it as a striker. Right, I was always when I was playing whatever level, and any any lad who plays up front will tell you this: he, Sunday with whatever. When you're when you're getting into those areas, and you, you're having four or five chances, you do start to believe you're gonna score. You're thinking, "I'll get the next one. I'll get the next one." If you're not getting any chances in the game, and you get one and you miss it, your confidence goes because you think, yeah, "I'm not creating you. anything. We're not creating any chances." Conversely. If they're missing too many, you start to worry about have they got that ice in ice in the veins. But our centre forwards, neither of them, are missing chances. You know, Dom's getting one, and he might be a really good one, but he's cold yeah. because he doesn't get any. And Beto, we don't we don't do what's good for him when he comes on. Play. We saw his goal against Newcastle. It was a ball round the corner, and he was off. They couldn't get near him. Be doing that when he comes on. Start turning yeah. teams, and then. Get our wingers into the box, get balls, cut back for them to score. Go and look at his goals for Udinese. A lot of them were cut backs, others they were sliding them through and he was running in, going round the keeper and knocking them in, using the pace and the power. Dom, he scored most of his goals under Carlo between the two sticks and we created lots. We're giving Dominic a ball 30 yards out. The lad's never going to drop a shoulder and pop one in. He's not Ollie Watkins, he's not Ivan Tony. he's not Harry Kane. 
He's yeah, not I mean, he that probably, type of striker. He, he probably would have done better if he had more chances to score more goals before. Maybe that's just his like confidence shot when he was mm. sent through that. You he know just I mean? needs a goal, we don't mate. Know. We don't know. He yeah, just don't needs know. a goal, Sharp. If he gets a goal, yeah, yeah. I'm sure so, everything will improve. So, the, so, okay, again, so the better situation, of course, like you said, Baz, if he scores six for this season and then 10 next season, mm. we're all laughing, right? We're all thinking, mm. bloody hell, that's brilliant. We, we, yeah. We're spending what, six million for, for that. Mm. I guess... Uh, what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is if he doesn't pan out well over the next 18 months or the rest of this season and the following season, mm. what if Everton decided to get rid of him, what happens with payments and or money in that sense if we decide that if we don't want him anymore? But you have to, you what, obviously, we just don't pay? No, you have to honour your payments, obviously. We're, we're going to have to pay £25 million for him because okay, that, that happens we... with anyone. But if Everton, oh, okay. right. if Everton have him for two seasons... And the payments to Udinese are we still owe them fifteen million or whatever, yeah. and we get fifteen million for better or twenty million for them. Great, you've made a little bit of a profit. If not, what if we sold them to a different club, you mean? Yeah, you sell them. Whatever. You sell them. Okay. And then he's gone, hasn't he? He's off your wage bill, and you have you don't owe any money anymore. Yeah, but to answer your question, he mm. could leave tomorrow. We'd still owe. 25 yeah, yeah, yeah. Million. So right, we okay. just got to pay the money for him. We've made that obligation to him, and, okay. and now we have to do it. But the, the reality and the, and the hope is that he gets better and better. And then if yeah. someone yeah. someone comes in for him in eighteen months, offers you twenty five million, you quit in, aren't you? You give, you pay off Udinese and you make a profit. But ideally, the lad's only twenty five, isn't he? Twenty five, twenty six. Everton should yeah. want him for Everton should be looking to keep him for a couple of years and improve him. And then yeah. if he carries on scoring, someone will come and buy him because centre forwards are the most for difficult position on the pitch. Yeah. Exactly. Most you can get someone who can score goals. And if he carries on scoring in the Premier League, you've got a Premier League centre forward. Yeah. They cost money. Yeah. I think the bottom line, lads, is I just want to see some goals. No, I know, mate. I know. <laughs> we all do. Don't I we just all. want to see some we goals. All do. It's like, Oh man, it's like, come on, we got to find a way somehow. Listen, Ashley Young is back. <laughs> Ashley Young's playing tonight for oh, well, the under twenty one. So good times, good times. <laughs> right, lads, right. thanks for taking the call. I'll no worries, nice one, chap. Cheers, Sharpie. Take care, right. mate. To that, bye bye. There you go. That was the last call of the night. Um, yeah, let's just just keep the faith. Listen, we just need. Some goals. Beto needs a goal. Dom needs a goal. And we'll be all right. Right? We'll be back tomorrow. So take it easy. Make sure you like, subscribe. Go and check out the Connor Cody interview on Modern Games. Very good. Leave your comments there as well. Subscribe over there as well. Big thanks to Jack. And we'll see you later. Bye.